You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyball.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban and writer at Mavs.com. What you got for me, Isaac? All right, so I got a DM the other day from... LeBron? So... <laughs> no. Stop, um, hating. Stop hating on me, bro. It's... Okay, now you now you threw me off because then I instantly thought of LeBron not being in favor of changing the conferences up. And I'm like, whoa, uh, there's a reason. <laughs> no way, bro. That's why you're in the finals all the time. Um, the most anyway. transparent opinion he's ever had. <laughs> so funny, so funny, dude. Anyway, I got I got a DM the other day from one of our loyal listeners, mm. and his Twitter name is is actual like name is like Robert Petrock Norman Andrew Parker. No, it's kind of weird. you got like eight first names. So, but it's at Rob Parker ninety eight. And shout so out to he him. DM, he DMs me, and I told him I'm gonna mention this on a pod because I never thought about this, and it's wild. He goes, "Yo, man, I got a question, and I want to hear what you think about this." In a ru- a rugby league, like he, okay. I think he lives overseas. He follows a rugby league, and when they have a break, like an international break, and the teams lose their best players. The, the teams keep on playing. Like, while it's kind of like, not really soccer, but like the, the best players leave. So, his question is what if the NBA did that through the All Star break? How crazy would that be if the best players went to play, but the schedule remained on? There was no break. And the so teams. So, the Cavs would on. just tank for like two games. <laughs> so, like, what, like, what would happen? Like, the Warriors without their four guys. You know, for like two games, whatever happens to that stretch. Yeah. And I was like, that's wild. I thought it was so. And so then, and he brought up, he's like, what about the Warriors? Or what about like the Wizards without their backcourt? Or that happens like, to, in soccer too. Doesn't it happen when like one season starts up, like the Premier League starts up, you know, they're going without players. It happened to FC Dallas this past year, actually, because, uh, oh man, what's his name? I'm such a like, big FC Dallas fan. Just kidding. Um, well, they have international tournaments all yeah, the time. Yeah, they have the international ones. And so when, when you're playing the MLS League, and then all of a sudden like this international tournament comes where it's like FIBA or World Cup or whatever, then all of a sudden you like start losing your players. And you can't, I mean, it'd be kind of the same, yeah. same idea. It just made me like wonder, you know, you're probably looking at like two or three games through the All-Star break. And I started thinking about different teams, like who would be hard, the most hard for, how teams would like uh, prepare for it. The Pelicans, yeah. <laughs> How teams would like prepare team for it? Wow. Or, or like a te- or like a team like purposely trying not to get like somebody to be an all star because they think it it's a point of the season to where they could win like three in a row or something like. You tank the player vote. Kellen Acosta, by the way, is that FC Dallas player? I couldn't think of his name. Kellen Acosta. Kellen Acosta. Anyway, I thought it was intriguing. There's very few like ideas that really like make me think, or I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And that one made me think for a while. I was like, I like this one. 
Interesting. They would never do it, but I think oh, it's cool. Heck no, never. Because one specific player in basketball meets more than any other sport besides tennis. So, yeah, you know, because in tennis there's only or NASCAR. Now, see, I think you could just throw anybody in there. <laughs> I think you could get Tesla. You could just get a Tesla and just throw it out there, and it would work. Tesla with nobody in. It. Hey Siri, turn left. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of what's happening to the Mavericks right now. They're turning left. Oh, there's just nobody out there. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're going on autopilot. I mean, it does kind of feel like that at this point. So, welcome to Monday. Sorry, guys. We're, ba- we're back. We're back on Monday. Hope you guys enjoyed the two pods on Friday. Uh, if you didn't listen to me yet, me and the editor-in-chief of Mavs Moneyball, Rebecca Lawson, we broke down the Mavericks scandal and talked about all the different things from the uh, Dordima Ursary side of it, from the Earl K. Sneed side of it, from you know Cuban side of it, from fan side, all that kind of stuff. Not the fan-sided side of it, but just the fan side of it. So we broke all that down if you want to go check that out. And then Isaac, pre- Isaac and I previewed the uh, second half of the season, talked about who we think is going to get more minutes, uh, stuff like that. And now on this Monday, we got some news. The Mavericks have signed Scotty Hobson to a 10-day contract, or it was reported that they did. They didn't really do it yet. They were kind of waiting for it. Yeah, I think they're waiting on some, like, Turkish papers and all that stuff. Speaking Okay, so speaking of Kellen Acosta and FC Dallas, there was this whole thing last year with a Turkish team that uh, Fabian Castillo was the FC Dallas' best player, and then, like, randomly he – decides to go sign with this Turkish league. And it just became this like crazy thing where he broke contracts and like all this weird stuff happened. So I don't know what's going on with the, I don't know if we're going to see Scotty Hobson anytime soon. <laughs> they like essentially stole Fabian Castillo away. <laughs> I think, I think we could see him at some point. I think the real question comes to how much are we going to see him when he does come? Yeah. But, it's uh, intriguing. I mean, but the intriguing guy, guy out of Tennessee. He's a six-seven uh, wing. He's twenty-eight, right? Yeah, twenty-eight years old. So he's actually from Kentucky, Hopkinsville, Kentucky, which is hilarious. Hobson, Hopkinsville. Oh. <laughs> so we got we got a follower on Twitter that gave us some good info on on this guy. He actually played with him, uh, played with him in in college, and so we wanted to to bring his info he asked not to be named so we will not name him we will not give him the shout out but he said uh, he's got a really smooth jumper great score not terribly aggressive with the ball but he's gotten better at attacking really really long draws a lot of fouls uh crazy crazy first step so that's something to watch for for sure uh not a really good defender but tall and long enough to be effective uh was kind of turnover prone in college and uh he said he, you know, bounced around a little bit right now. Like Isaac said, he's playing in Europe right now, and he's almost 29. So I'm not really sure how this fits with the Mavericks. I mean, the only box he really checks is the fact that he's, you know, a six-seven wing. wing. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Every, everything else just doesn't really seem to fit. Yeah, I mean, he got buckets at Tennessee, and um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it's just this 10-day spot, you know, some people are saying, why not warning? We're huge Warney fans. People were Warney's, upset about that last night, and I was like, "It's not, it's not going to happen." Like Warney, I'm pretty sure Warney's been on. No, he hasn't been on this podcast. Um, he's on a previous podcast, but um, Warney's, I will say, a friend of the pod because you know him and stuff, and yeah, like cool, cool guy. Wishing best, of, you know, best of luck and everything. But like the problem is, we have so many bigs right now. <laughs> like where, where, where do you want Warney to play right now? We're screaming for Johnson Motley to play, so. 
Nerland's Noel, people think he might come back soon. Yeah. So, like, where where on earth is Jamil Warney going to play right now? So, get the outrage. Hope he gets a shot. But I just don't see, unless we're going to start shutting some people down up front, I don't see why Warney would be brought in. And by the way, I watched... I watched about a half of the uh, Texas Legends versus the uh, the Suns D- G League team, and uh, I'm not screaming for Jonathan Motley to play as much as I was before I watched that game. I'm still screaming for him to play. I still want to see what he has against NBA talent. I think if the Mavericks, I don't care if he sucks. Think if the Mavericks were going to do what Cuban said they were going to do, I think they should play him. <laughs> <laughs> he just makes a lot of mistakes, and I just think that that I mean. I don't want Carlisle to put him in the doghouse. Like, oh, we're, we're not making mistakes right now. I mean, he like Motley threw an inbounds pass where there was okay. So there's three legends in the backcourt, and Motley threw an inbound inbounds pass to one Sun player that was there, and he threw it right to him, and he took it and he got a layup. <laughs> so this was like in the middle of the game, just you know, lapse of judgment. And then he, this is in all the span of five minutes. He rolls. To, uh, he's on defense, and he leaves his man to go help defend somebody that's already double teamed. And then his man was totally open, got the ball, and scored. Like, twice this happened. So I can just imagine that happening to Carlisle. It's it's almost like he was in my, like a 2K my player, and a guy had just started and was like, I have to be involved in every single every single time the ball goes anywhere. And so he's just, like, running around trying to, <laughs> trying to be involved in everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's going to make a lot of mistakes, but I still would like to see the mistakes at the NBA level compared to Let's see him. Let's see him. So Bring him up. I will say, I want to mention another piece of news real quick before we get into the games. Um, Just really simple. With everything going on, uh, Mavericks announced today. There's a press conference today on Monday at 4 p.m. They'll be announcing their new interim um, CEO, Cynthia Marshall. She's coming from AT&T. Uh, she's highly respected. This is just one of the first the of many stadium, moves. Like the actual, the actual thing. Like the, the actual company, AT and T company. So a lot of people are saying a lot of good things about her. Uh, this is kind of Cuban's, I guess, first big step of this whole process uh, moving forward. So she also did HR. Well, she was head of HR and stuff over there as well, and did a lot with uh, diversity. And so that was yeah. that was kind of the, the big deal with that. This this really feels like Cuban was like, all right. We need to get somebody and somebody good. And she, he called up this lady and was like, "What's your number?" <laughs> she gave him a number, yeah. and he was like, "All right, come on." <laughs> That's imagine, what it feels like to me. Imagine probably sitting in that like meeting room, and Cuban's like, "All right, everyone, I want you to go find the best people in the business. I don't care the price. Give me a list of names, yeah, and tell me who the best people are in this bit in this line of field." Yeah. Well, and, and this is gonna work out well for him, I think. I think it's yes, especially like. I don't know, especially since she's a female. I think this is going to definitely help his case in anything going forward. We'll see. Um, and help the team. Press, yeah, press conference tomorrow. So, um, I mean, we'll go from there. Just That's going to be an interesting it. one. That's going to be an interesting press conference, and I'm very sad that it's at 4 p.m. What a random time to have a press conference. I know. If it's any time before, like, 2, I'd be there. But oh well. <laughs> All right. So, let's get into these games now. Uh, not super exciting to talk about, but oh, cool Lakers! The, the Mavericks lost two games this weekend, one to the uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. By the way, I wrote about them today 
on Mab's Moneyball in a way. What? You wrote about the <laughs> Lakers? Oh my gosh, how could you pull this one off? The article is called Mark Cuban is not the only owner talking about tanking. Jeannie Buss went on a, uh, she was on a, an ESPN LA radio show and was on for three hours. She co-hosted with, with these two guys. Uh, one of them, by the way, was another like guest host, and it was O'Shea Jackson Jr., which is Ice Cube's son. Or yeah, Ice, yeah, Ice Cube's son. Huh. <laughs> That's super random. But uh, so she co-hosted, and at one point in the uh, in the three hours, Steve Mason, who's the you know the normal host, said and admitted to Jeannie Buss that he was a fan and rooting for losses the last couple of years for the Lakers. And Jeannie Buss responds to him. It's okay to root for losses. And so I dive into that and talk about why that's okay and why, you know, what Cuban no, said isn't okay not. and if that's true and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I that's the take I took on it. But so I go there and then I also did a uh, I did an audible article for that, so I recorded it, put the audio of Genie Bus saying that stuff in there, put Cuban's audio in there, added some more stuff in there. So go listen to that, check it out, mapsmoneyball.com. But uh, the Lakers are tanking no more. They don't have a reason to tank this They don't year. have a reason at all. Uh, they, uh, yeah, 124 to 102. The Lakers had 62 points in the paint and 62 rebounds in this game. And the Mavericks had 26 points in the paint and 29 rebounds. I mean, there it is right there. That's that's the whole game. You get outscored in the paint by 40. <laughs> yeah. You're asking for it. These games are going to slowly, I mean, they already have been, be very, very hard to watch. Um, especially when you play the Lakers and you have Julius Wilt Chamberlain Randall that plays against you every time. Um, Randall puts up a triple-double. Was that his first career one? He scored like 17 points you know against Harrison first Barnes. Cre- no, not his first career. Was that? Like, no. This is like oh, okay. four or five maybe. Oh, He's a, he's a really good passer. That's one thing I do like about him that I think could really help. But the the shooting is just still not there, and so I, I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm all in on the Mavericks signing him because a four that can't shoot is just becoming more and more of a liability. Oh wow, Dwight Powell. Um, I'm trying yeah, to think of something. Well, when your only shot blocker plays two minutes, <laughs> you're kind of I mean. That's kind of tough. Dude, Your defense is just not going to be. Does, I mean, you watch Lakers game all the time. Does Zubac play that much? No. Like, he got 18 minutes. I mean, he's getting some burn out there. I'm like, I didn't know he played that much. He got, I, had 14 points. Man, Z, yeah, Zubac has not played very much at all. But they also uh, – Channing Fry is not out there, so he's gone. They got rid of Larry Nance. So they got some some weird minutes to fill. Like, Thomas Bryant also got some run, <laughs> some run in there in, the, in garbage time. Uh, so they just, they just got to fill some time, essentially. I actually liked him coming out. Um, I'm still all in on uh, Brandon Ingram. Yeah. So love Brandon Ingram. You know what? I also got my first taste of Lakers fandom. Okay. Well, not really oh, first, but you? like. It's great. Like <laughs> the unreal Lakers fan side. So back over the All-Star break when Dennis finishes, uh, gets robbed at the dunk contest. I tweet out this thing at Smoking Cuban of Dennis like rubbing his hands together. I'm like, Dennis's first game back come the whatever, the 20 whatever date will be against Lonzo Ball and the Lakers. And I was like, you know, with Dennis in this gif, like rubbing his hands like he's ready, you know, he's ready to feast. Okay, so Lakers 
beat you know the Mavericks the other night. I checked the smoking Cuban. I log on their Twitter. Check check smoking Cuban. Destroyed. Dude, so many Lakers fans had quote tweeting it. It was like, take this L. This sucks. And like all this stuff. I mean, unreal amount. And I'm like, holy crap. The Lakers fans are coming out of their caves. The most ridiculous <laughs> fan base that has ever. Like, I don't know about Premier League fan bases or other soccer teams or anything like that. But, oh my gosh. On Twitter, Lakers fans, way worse than Cowboys fans. Way worse. Way worse than Yankees fans. <laughs> way worse. Like, they just come in droves. Like if you say you're a Lakers writer on Twitter, it's an it's an automatic like thousand followers. <laughs> wow, <laughs> pretty much. Cowboys Cowboys are up there, but the Lakers know. just come in droves, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who Gosh. has more fans around the country, Cowboys or Lakers? I think Cowboys. Probably Cowboys. Yeah, but they're not online. They're like you know old guys. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! It's true. <laughs> All right, so what do you have about <laughs> what do you have about this Lakers? Game? I just wanted to see how you're going to move on from that. Uh, Max, Maxi Kleba also. <laughs> I was going to make a joke, but I was like, no, hold that, hold that joke. Maxi also only had 14 minutes. He's just not playing very much, and uh, I don't really understand why, especially when the the uh, defense, the interior defense is so bad. I just don't really, I don't really get it. I mean, yeah, I mean, Salah played two minutes. Maxi played fourteen. Dwight Powell played twenty-seven. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't get it either. This game was. Uh, They're saving rough. time for Nerlens when he comes back. <laughs> uh, this game was rough all the way around. Preemptively uh, carving carving out the minutes for Nerlens, who is it, who could be back tonight. By the way, Monday oh. night. Uh, Wesley Matthews and he's Harrison gonna play Barnes. four minutes. He's gonna play yeah. like nothing. He's gonna like jump the tip and then sub out. No. <laughs> <laughs> who's getting the Who's getting benched? Uh, Barnes and Matthews combined for a, a plus minus of minus fifty eight. So just throwing that out there. Um, oh, they didn't have right, terrible so- games either. They both had nineteen points. They you know both. Matthew shot fifty eight percent from the field. Barnes was forty four. I mean, not terrible, but so this goes in kind of both games. Thrown out. Like, what are you, what's your thoughts on Dennis playing off the ball? Because I wrote, oh, I wrote here this. Here we go. I wrote this piece the other night, and I said, like, it's been in my like queue of WordPress for a while. Yeah, but I've had one too. To where like, and I, I dropped it in. And I think in right in the middle of the Jazz game, and just saying like, is. Is Carlisle playing Dennis off the ball to try to get a glimpse of what he would look like with a prospect that would dominate the ball, whether it's Doncic, Trey Young, Colin Sexton, whatever? Because like now's the time. So you throw in somebody like JJ, you say, "Hey, run the offense." So let's just get a glimpse of Dennis playing off the ball and replace. You know, JJ is going to do half of or whatever it is of Trey Young, Doncic, whatever. Even though I don't want Trey Young in there, I just think that. I think it's Carla and them covering all their bases. Is it a nod to the draft plans? No. I just think that they're looking at it saying, hey, why don't we use these last this last part of the season? Because J.J. started four of the last five games. He's probably going to start for a while. It's beyond matchups at this point. There's yeah. a reason behind it. And so now it's just like, hey, let's figure it out. So over this last couple months of the season, if Dennis completely sucks and they're like, holy crap, we really don't want him off the ball, 
then it might play into a little bit this summer if they're sitting at like the top spot and they're really torn at Aiton or Doncic or something like that. And they're like, well, we really didn't like Dennis off the ball. Or it could swing the net, the other direction. What if over these last two months, it hasn't been the greatest over the past couple games, but what if it swings really big and Dennis plays really well next to you know to JJ and they're like, man, he actually really plays well off the ball. Like this would be a seamless tra- tra- you know transition to a Doncic or a Trey Young or something like that. So. I don't know. I'm not. I haven't asked Carl all this. I'm not gonna ask Carl all this, but yeah. it's just something to think about of why maybe Dennis is playing off the ball. Yeah, that's ex- that's exactly what my thought was. Eddie Sefko wrote a piece recently about this as well, where Carlisle was talking about how this is what they're gonna try to do over the last, you know, games or so. They're gonna try to play him off the ball, and uh, I think they played him off the ball at the beginning of the season. And we, I mean, we noticed that he was terrible at it. Like we noticed that he was, you know, lost and not knowing where he was supposed to be. And he wasn't a fan of it. And he didn't like it and all the stuff. And so, uh, we both have puppies, right? We both recently got puppies and they tell you that if your puppy doesn't like something that, that there's that you're supposed to do, whether it's like cutting nails or a bath or, you know, something like that, you're supposed to, or, you know, touching your ears or something like that. You're supposed to do it over and over and over again to try to get him used to it because it's just things they're going to have to get used to, you know, nail cutting, cleaning, yeah. cleaning ears, stuff like that. You're supposed to do that over and over again. Carlisle's taking Dennis like he's a puppy and it's like just throwing him out there and it's like, okay, this is something you're going to have to do because this is what Carlisle does. He throws those couple point guards out there and he, he likes to run that. And the league is doing that now. I mean, the other day I, you know, somebody was like, you know, oh, Dennis and, and Doncic just won't work, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's only one basketball, which is an argument that I, I can't stand. And uh, there's so many. Yeah, but your comparison was bad, though. It wasn't a comparison. It was an example. The example was that, look. The, but the, they, they're not that, though. Stop. The most effective offense in the NBA right now is two ball-dominant guards, Chris Paul and but James the, Harden. Now, now There's not, so much behind that. They're not, I'm, saying well, it's the, that I'm saying it's the most effective offense in the NBA. So I'm saying that it's possible. I'm not saying that those guys are those guys, but if that can, if that is possible, which nobody thought that was going to work during the summer, did they? Everybody looked at that and said, "Like ah, that, that, you know, that's not going to work. Those guys have to dominate the ball and all this stuff." It's completely different, you know, players. But I think that just the the idea of those two guys, or two ball dominant quote unquote guys, making an offense work is, you know, could work out. You have also have McCollum and. And Damian Lillard, you have you know a bunch of like you've you could count Steph and KD, I guess. Like you could just count all those guys. Yeah, well, the same with the Harden Chris Paul thing. Chris Paul has, has been an elite defender for his size. Dennis is not that, and that plays into how they work too. And when you look at this ball dominant stuff, you look at like Wade and LeBron. You look at like Chris Paul and Harden. I think it takes a, a level of commitment from one one of those guys to say, you know what, I'm not the guy. I think I'm, you know, Chris Paul saying, James Harden, you're the MVP. Like you're the guy. I'm the secondary ball handler. Dwayne Wade saying, LeBron, you're the best player in the world. I'm the secondary, you know, person on the team. Dennis is going to be in his second season. Luca's going to be in his first if they're put together. Like. How can you go to one of them and say you're the secondary person? You know, there's a, there's a lot behind that. Once again, I don't say I don't think it. I'm not saying it would never work. It's horrible, you know, all this stuff. No, I just it would take. I think it would take a while, and I like the ball in Dennis's hands. Yeah, I think this. And is what, we, I think we this joked is... about the tweet before. The tweet from Austin Guru. How do you say his last name? Guru. I think I should I know this. Know. We've well, met, him, met him like twice. But <laughs> he tweeted like last year and said. 
Luka Doncic is a, is is JJ Brea except six feet seven. Six seven JJ Brea. And just can't I can't get just, that out of my head. Anymore. I can never get it out out of my head, and I just laugh so hard every single time. And yeah, that's just. And I mean, like, and like the Dame and CJ thing. Well, I mean, what's everybody talking about over the past two years? They're gonna break it up at some point. Yeah. So I mean, it's like cool for like success for a little bit, but is it like title success? I hate to throw like Steph and KD out there, like because they're just. I mean, they're all time talent. I mean. Yeah, and they're, they're both. I mean, they're two of the probably the best shooters in the NBA. So, <laughs> but I'm yeah, just I'm just saying that the idea of two players that are ball dominant can work. That's not a that's not a be all end all. You have to look at what the players are, and I think probably looking at it, you think that uh, from what we've seen from Dennis, he cannot play with another ball dominant player. <laughs> just yeah, and it, look at their outside shooting too. I mean, Luca's shooting like 32 percent right now. What's Dennis? That or worse right now? from three i mean that 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 plays a huge huge part of it it's when you looking at somebody like ben simmons who barely shoots the ball at all well what if you put another ball dominant player next to ben simmons who who can't shoot threes either well that's that's a problem you know not saying dennis is a much better shooter than ben simmons is but he's not elite level like a james harden or even like a chris paul so not saying he can't get there it's just i i think there's what can we at least agree? Even even though you have Luca on the top, I have Aiden at the top. Can we at least agree that Luca it would be the longest adjustment out of the top five? No, yeah, oh, definitely for sure. Okay, except for maybe like uh, like if they they get Mo Bamba, like that would just be an adjustment in the sense of him adjusting to the NBA because NBA defense is so hard. Uh, yeah, like uh, yeah. other than that, as far as chemistry fit wise. DeAndre Ayton. I watched dude. I taped the taped the game. It was it came on like halfway through the Mavericks game. On a VHS? <laughs> he played Oregon the other night, Arizona did, and of course they, they're in a world of a disaster right now. Their coach doesn't play. Or their the, coach doesn't play. The disaster coach. is that DeAndre Ayton was paid for his for his services supposedly for, to, to uh supposedly. To Arizona. <laughs> He he didn't has not confirmed. Nick, stop it. Hundred thousand dollars for one for five months in college. Guess what? Anyway, guess what? I had to do that, but the opposite. <laughs> guess what? That happens in every single player around. Not not every single player. No, Dennis only got like seventy four thousand. Ooh, Dennis, cheap. Kuzma uh, got like two thousand. Like, what's Kuzma doing? He's just like. Carlos Delfino got seventy one dollars. Anyway, he was on that list. Um, I think that was but, like perpetuity. Like they, they just had to, they owed him money still. And so it just like kept rolling yeah. over and they, <laughs> they paid but, him $71 like, ever since he was in college. But DeAndre ate another night. Watch that game. My gosh, man. I mean, it, it's just, it, I know I have him at the top spot and I'm just like, I have him too. I, I, uh, I look not that for, much farther. you have Luca. I have, I have DeAndre ate at two. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you meant like, yeah, okay. Um, but like watching him, oh my gosh, man. His play, that breakaway play, I mean, he had 28 points, 18 rebounds. He played every single minute except for like five minutes, I think, of the whole he game. He 17 and 10 at halftime. <laughs> yeah. That's the like dude, an awesome game for any player in the NCAA except for him. I told my dad, I texted my dad, I said, hey, man, like, I was like, hey, DeAndre Ayton's going to be playing on ESPN watch it he texts me I was oh my gosh this dude's a monster and he said I haven't seen a dude look like this in college basketball in a while 
But I just I watched the game with the mindset of like, oh my gosh, it'd be so cool to see him in Dallas. But anyway, gosh. that's my uh, down to eight and fangirling. Let's move on. He has that Greg Godin looks like an old man thing though. That's he, a strong old man, like in the face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, it sounds like because he is so chiseled and so much oh, of a gosh. monster. When he dunks, it looks like the whole goal is going to come down. At the end of at the end of the season, if they turned around and said, like, "Oh, guess what? DeAndre Ayton was twenty seven the entire time," I would totally believe them. You're like, hmm, okay, yeah, like that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I don't want to draft I, him as much anymore, but <laughs> that's why I joked on Twitter. I was like, "Hey, you know what? If they came out tomorrow and said DeAndre Ayton cannot play a single college play- game again, I'd be like." Fine with me. Totally Just de- I don't. I don't need to see any more of DeAndre Ayton for him to be number one. Like whether he gets you know put out first round or not. Like I'm. I'm good to go with him at one. So let's not let him get hurt. Take him out. Anyway. Yeah. The defense. The defense is kind of kind of worries me. Cause. And it doesn't about Luca. No, it's different. Oh, how's it different? Your center in the NBA has to be a good rim protector. And your wing players can't defend? Are not supposed to defend? But if you have a good rim protector behind them, they they can cover up a lot more, and they will cover up a lot more lapses than like a wing player. Because Wesley Matthews, we would both say, is a good wing defender right now, and the Mavericks are terrible on defense. Okay. You know, but let's let's say they threw in, I don't know, who's a comparable defender to like Wesley Matthews, like Robin Lopez, you know, something like that, that Mavs defense would probably be a lot better. I think it would be easier to get DeAndre Aiden at an elite defensive level than Luka Doncic. Oh, definitely. Oh, the tools he's working with are like yeah, a NASCAR versus like a uh, a couple of wheels that you sewed onto like a uh, a box of Girl Scout cookies. I mean. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the Jazz game. I want oh, to post no, you. we still have to talk about the Jazz game. Okay, so. Oh, I thought you meant you were going back to the Lakers. I'm like, I'm not letting you, Nick. No. Uh, we talked about the let, me pose, let me pose you this question. In five years, Dennis Smith Jr. and Donovan Mitchell will Are be Are you going to say, if five years, if, is, if Yogi Ferrell is better than Dennis Smith Jr. Stop it. Dennis, in five years, Dennis Smith Jr. and Donovan Mitchell will be the best point guards of this class. Okay, so I'm one, I'm one and two. Not, I'm not talking about the order, but they will be one and two point guards in this class. So I'm throwing shade at Lonzo, Markel, De'Aaron Fox, uh, Luke Kennard. No, just kidding. No, uh, and Frank, Frankie Smokes, and Josh Hart. Not a point guard. <laughs> I mean, at this point, yeah. I'm not even gonna tell. I'm not even gonna tell you. Well, who's one or two? So if you say Lonzo will be better than one of them, I'm not even going to ask you who. Yeah, yeah, those guys are the two best. But, I, uh, man, Donovan Mitchell is so much better than Dennis right now. <laughs> Gosh. What, is Lonzo the only one that makes you hesitate? Yeah, and Fox. Like, if Fox could ever get out of Sacramento. <laughs> and, or <laughs> Markel. Markel, that, that situation just... I mean, you're starting off in such a bad place. Like you're just- somebody wasn't one of the ringer guys that went through the players that he wouldn't trade Markel for right now, and he even said like Mitchell and like some of these guys. And I'm like, you're out of your mind. Yeah, it was Chris Ryan. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I didn't agree with anything he said in that that whole podcast. They have too many podcasts. Like we do a lot of podcasts, but they have a lot, and it just seems like their their takes just they don't have enough takes, and so they. <laughs> 
I did agree with Bill Simmons with a lot of the LeBron stuff. So, you know, yeah, that. the LeBron MJ stuff was interesting. By the way, it wasn't for me. I, it's not even conversation for me, so I didn't even like read half of it. Oh, it's. I mean, they they are not saying that LeBron's better. Well, they better he, not. He could get. By no, the way, I tweeted out this thing today of most forty-point games in uh, in NBA history. Yeah, and uh, they didn't. <laughs> Basketball reference doesn't do before 1964. And so Wilt Chamberlain only had like 80, and people were like, what the heck? <laughs> but uh, Wilt some, stats, man. Somebody tweeted me and was like, he had 211 or something like that, and Jordan had 170. And then the next closest was Kobe with like 130. <laughs> Jolly. Jeez. Guess how many 40-point games Dirk has had? Um, 30. 20. Huh. That was a good. That was a good guess. Not very many at all. Which I mean, you just can't remember. But it, it's almost. It makes it so impressive that he's in the the thirty k club. Yeah, I bet he's had like the most like twenty point games of like all time or something like that. Just so I many. Feel like, yeah. But like only twenty it, points, like between twenty and and twenty nine. <laughs> speaking of Dirk, I want to say this: in the middle of the Lakers game, or towards the end of the Lakers game, he kind of tweaked his back. And yeah. he goes down, you know, not he didn't go down, but like he went over to the, the bench, subs out, lays down the floor. They're like twisting out his back, stretching him out and everything. He leaves the game, goes to the locker room. He didn't return, I'm pretty sure, right? I don't think he returned to the game. That he returned and was available, but they decided not to use him. He didn't come back in the game. So that was on Friday night. And keep in mind, Dirk's 20th season, 39 years old. Last year, he set out a lot of back-to-backs. This year, he's only missed one game. He's done this longer this, than he has not done this. Exactly. <laughs> this is uh, this is on the road in L.A. They fly that night after the game and go to Utah on a second night of a back-to-back on the road. Perfect Which is game. High altitude, same, like almost the same as Denver. Like Utah is also one of those, those cities that has a good home court advantage because of that. A perfect game for him to set out for rest, for his back, for everything. The dude comes out and not only plays, but plays in 17 of the 24 minutes in the first half. Puts up 10 points in the first half. And it's just, you're looking at it and you're like, dang, bro, like the night before your back, you left the game for your back, you're in your 20th season, and he's still putting it all out on the court and saying, I'm going to play in this back-to-back. I'm not going to miss this game. I'm going to play my regular minutes. I'm going you know, to play in 17. I'm only going to miss you know, seven minutes of the first half. I'm going to go out there and ball. And I'm pretty sure he had a double-double that night. Yeah, he 12, 12 and 10. He didn't have a great shooting night. He was 5-14. But. but it's just the fact that, man, like he's still giving it all. He don't, why? Dirk has no business being out there if like logically, like thinking about it, like tanking team. He's older, like 20 season, like back, hurt back, back to back. Like every every reason in the world for him to set out that game wouldn't make sense. But yet he wants to play and he wants to give it all. And you just can't say enough about that. You can't. You can't say enough about it. Uh, this game was interesting in in the sense that some weird, just weird stuff happened. Like Dwight Powell got called for a, a like a goaltending or, or an offensive basket interference in an alley-oop. Oh, yeah. That was like obviously, that was obviously an alley oop. Like everybody in the arena saw it was an alley oop, and the the ref was like, "Nope." <laughs> yeah, I was. That was super weird. 
Um, that weird uh, Dirk running into Ricky Rubio. By the way, Ricky Rubio did nothing in this game except for get run into by Mavericks players. I don't know why. I just feel like every five minutes he was getting run into by, by somebody. Dirk got attacked. I thought Dirk was going to get thrown out too. He was livid. I mean, he was so upset about that. Yeah, I was ready for him to get tossed. I was going to stand up and clap for him. but At home? <laughs> at home in my living room. Uh, Duncan McDermott, man. McBuckets is... Can we get can we get Doug more than twenty minutes? Yeah, tell me about it. Um, he's he's starting to slowly get more comfortable in the offense. They're really using him off the ball a lot, exactly like what we thought he, you know Carlisle would do with him, run him off these screens and everything. And he's just he's got a perfect shooting stroke, so it's cool. I mean, he hit three out of four threes in that Jazz game, and it's. It's cool seeing a little, you know, little bright spots like that. If you're trying to look for them, if you're sitting there saying, "Give Isaac, Nick, give me something that you took away from the Jazz game that was positive," I would say that you know McBuckets is looking more comfortable in the system and he shot well. Other positive I would give is Yogi Ferrell in the clutch. I mean, just big Gosh, shot yeah. after big shot. He tied the game twice on threes, and then he had another three that brought them basically kind of saved the game because there was only a couple minutes left and they were down. I think it was 93 to 87, and he had a three that made the game manageable at that point. I mean, just, you know, big shot after big shot. He's he's had the, he's played 35 minutes. He's been playing the most minutes since the All-Star break. Um, man, I, there's a world where the Mavs don't pick Dennis and Yogi as their starting point guard. Yeah, I mean, if you really think about it, if the Mavericks went any other position right now with the ninth pick, you know, Yogi would probably be the starting point guard, and it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, you know. I thought about they're, this. This is so weird that the Mavericks have three competent point guards, and so do the Nets, and they're just terrible teams, and there's teams out there that don't have, like, one competent point Who guard. else the Nets have besides Dinwiddie and Russell? Dinwiddie, Russell, and Jeremy Lin. Oh, yeah. He's been hurt, though. Yeah, yeah, but he's still – you would call him a competent point guard. Yeah. You know, I thought about this the other day. Remember at the exit interviews last year, Devin Harris talked about how much he loves playing point guard. And I thought it was really cool the other day because I thought about it. I was like, man, he goes into Denver, and now he's getting to play a lot of point guard yeah, at Denver in the backup point guard side. So it's kind of cool. How about how about the exit interview? He says he loves to play point guard, and then next year, Carla throws him out there as a three. Yeah. <laughs> then he gets traded. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. So this game, this is a clutch game. Uh, another clutch game lost. The Mavericks are just, I mean, cannot win a clutch game to save their lives. They had a, uh, they had, they had a, a, I tweeted about this earlier tonight. They had a uh, defensive substitution. You know how when uh, you get a timeout or a stoppage of play or something and you're going to be on defense, there's only a couple seconds left. They threw in, they threw in Dennis, Yogi, Barnes, Matthews, and Dwight Powell, and it worked. <laughs> they got us, they got to stop. <laughs> And then they went out there and tried to run an offensive play, and it just failed miserably. Oh, <laughs> uh, with that same group. So yeah, if you've made it to the end of this podcast, I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't have anything else about the Jazz game, Lakers game. Um, Monday is Monday night is the first game, first home game since everything went down um, over the past week. And they're so, also announcing the, the announcing the CEO that Monday's you know a new game. I mean, there's there's a lot going on today. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to just see the environment inside the arena. 
uh, from the fans to um, just everything, the vibe in the place. Um, but once again, I don't want to sound like a broken record with this. Um, I, hope the, I hope the fans are there for the players Monday night and first game back at home that they can root them on, see somebody like Dirk, what we just talked about playing through all his stuff and all that uh, all that jazz and all that jazz. Um, but yeah, Pacers coming to town. Could see Old Depot. I did not appreciate that pun. Just because you sang a, afterwards. If you would have just left it at the pun, played through all that jazz, it would have been fine. But since you sang it afterwards. Singular sensation. Every little move you make. Da, 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 da. Something like that. <laughs> I have no idea what you're saying. You're the, you're the Broadway guy. I know. Um, my wife and I just, uh, we first houred The Greatest Showman. Where you what just is go to, first houred? You just go to the first hour of a movie. <laughs> what, why, why do you do that? Because that's when the good stuff happens. Uh, it usually drags. Usually drags after that, right? Did you like sing along? Uh, quietly in my seat, with oh my, my hand in, with my hand in front of my face. <laughs> Such a great movie. I've yet to see that show or that movie. It's good. It looked kind of dumb, but for some people it would be dumb. But I really I don't. I don't do musicals in movies. I don't do singing. I don't do singing in movies, and I don't. I don't do background laughter in TV shows. What if I told you Wolverine was singing all the songs? Uh, he sang in was it Led Miserable or whatever? Yeah, yeah. He he sucked in that. So, <laughs> on that note, guys, thank you so much for listening to Locked On Mavericks. Uh, we're gonna continue <laughs> to bring you all the great Mavericks coverage, like all that stuff we just talked about. Um, it's gonna be tough, but we had some of the our highest number of listens the last couple of days, and so we really appreciate it. Thank you guys for getting on the podcast and uh, coming out in droves and listening to us. So. Thank you, guys. Uh, you can follow me at Nick Van Exit. You can follow Isaac at Isaac Harris NBA. Follow us at Lockdown no, Mavs. No, dang it, Isaac I did it again. Isaac L. L-, L- Harris. Isaac L. Harris. Well, it's a dumb handle. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Nick Van Exit. That's a great one. Uh, Nick. By the way, Nick Van Exel blocked me on Twitter. If anybody didn't know that, so <laughs> I like never have tweeted. Like never added him ever. You know what? I, I went on Twitter the other day and I looked at the person. I was like, I'm going to try to find the person with the handle just Isaac. And then like try to DM him and be like, hey, bro, can I have that? And it's I've some. I've done that too with, with a guy named Nick. It's some like Asian guy over in like China or something. And he has like a ton of followers. I'm like, oh, screw that. Dang it. Well, yeah, because so. everybody's like, oh, that's my name. <laughs> that's my name. Anyway. All right. Thank you for listening to Locked on Maps. Peace out. Boom.